Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? I am uh, Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. How are you doing? I'm, I'm getting through it. Those of you who know, know I've uh, got the, uh, the COVID. I'm about a week in, a week into it. And uh, you know, fortunately, I'm very grateful. It's uh, it's been a mild but annoying experience. It's not like anything I've had. I don't think in my body before. It's similar, but there's some weirdness going on in my head. I've not had a temperature. I have not uh, had aches or pains. I have not had night sweats. I have not had trouble breathing. I'm very fortunate in all that, and I will thank the vaccine for those benefits of having this and not being too horribly compromised though i am going crazy i guess i'm going to do a straight up uh 10-day lockdown quarantine for myself uh i'm already what so today's sunday i'm going to test this morning being monday we'll see how that goes i do want to try to make my shows this weekend but i can't really do that unless i uh get a negative test. So it's very, it's stressful for me because I don't want to, the timing of this is not appropriate. I'm mad that I got it and I can't, uh, I can't quite shake that anger. Even though millions of people have gotten it, triple vaxxed people, vaxxed people, I still somehow think it picked me. And uh, that's just the way my fucking brain works. I'm learning a lot about my brain over this weird week of, uh, of true quarantine. Uh, let me get into this for a second. Peter Dinklage is here on the show. And uh, yeah, most of you, I, I don't know, everyone knows him. He's in this new uh, Cyrano movie, which he did as a stage musical that was written and directed by his wife, Erica Schmidt. And he's here to talk about that and other things. Yeah, I've been busy during this uh, quarantine. I've been building things. I put a smoker together. Some company sent me a smoker. It's, uh, it's pressuring me. Oklahoma Joe sent me a Bronco. I mean, they didn't pay for that plug, but I'm excited about it. They asked me if I wanted one. I said, yeah, but now I'm going to have to up my game. No more Traeger. Well, I'll have the Traeger to do that Traeger cooking. That's just a pellet grill. Yeah, it's basically a convection oven run on smoke from wood pellets that you, 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 can, you don't have to manage Really, it's got you know, it's got a temperature. It's 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 hooked up to the Wi-Fi. This fucking smoker is a real smoker. 
So now I've got to figure out how to do that. I've got to season the thing with coals, and I've got to figure out how to work those vents and do that thing. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to start with. I don't know when I'm going to start. I can't leave the house, so it's not immediately. But uh, I'm excited about it, and I put it all together calmly, focused. Yes, I did it. I also watched both versions of West Side Story. I watched the new West Side Story because I got a screener of it, and uh, it's spectacular. And I don't remember the old one. When I watched the new one, I knew a lot of the songs just because they're kind of in your genetic uh, makeup. Somehow, if you lived a certain life, I don't know which life it is, but I, I would say that a lot of people who listen to this probably know at least four or five of the songs from West Side Story without remembering whether or not they actually saw the movie. I believe I saw it when I was a young kid, but the new one's just great. And uh, I watched them. I did sort of a side-by-side thing to see what Spielberg brought to it uh, and what Tony Kushner brought to it as the writer, reworking that story or adding to the story or, or deepening the story by infusing uh, a class element uh, into it and also a race element into it uh, that, that was sort of broader and deeper than the one that was in the original. And obviously in the new one, no brown face. But the, the interesting, one of the interesting decisions... Uh, I guess, I don't know who made it, was that a lot of the new one is actually in Spanish and there's no subtitles. So uh, deal with it, white people. But Kushner's script is outstanding and the way Spielberg shot it was you know, beyond uh, masterful because no easy trick to do a musical. And the original one was so spectacular. It's fucking colors. Anyways, highly recommend it. These are my uh, COVID quarantine movie reviews. I still, I got through about 15, 14 minutes of the new Macbeth. Uh, I'll go back, but I, I just can't, I can't focus, man. I can't follow it. I mean, I get what's happening in the story, but I'm missing most of it because I'm just lost. And that's just me. And no matter how many of you tell me I got to hang in there, I don't know. Denzel seems great in the first 10 minutes. That's my review of Macbeth. Look, if, a, if, if Cohen wants to come on, who is it, Ethan or Joel? Joel, if he wants to come on, I'll watch the whole thing and I'll memorize part of it. If that Cohen brother wants to come on, talk about it. Or his uh, his partner, Francis McDormand. Yeah, I, I'll 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 do I'll memorize it. I'll memorize parts of it. I'll memorize the the speech, right? The famous speech. There's got to be one. I'll memorize it, and I'll assess it deeply. So I didn't get through that one. I've been practicing guitar. I've been uh, cooking and uh, monitoring my health, taking my temperature, checking my oxygen. I've had no fever. I've had no aches. I've had no pains. But the dreams have been crazy. I woke up in a panic a couple of times. I'm just going to bed early, and I usually wake up around 3 or 4, and it takes me about a half hour 45 minutes to get to sleep, just spiraling. And then I started thinking about, like, I was just in a dream and I woke up in a panic because I couldn't, you know, I didn't think I could save somebody from underwater. And, you know, I was screaming, but it was underwater. And then I realized that, you know, when you when you scream or talk in a dream out into the real world, it's just, uh, it's muted and garbled and, and it doesn't make sense. And, and you, you feel like you're being held back when you realize that, when you wake up to the sound of your own voice, 
crying for help in a dream. It's just this horrible. And it's a, it's a horrible feeling. It was horrible what was going on in the dream, but then realizing that there was no one in the room anyways that was going to help me. But then waking up to that, to that noise and realizing that Sammy and Buster, Smushy and Booster were on the bed and you know that must have caused them some aggravation, but they weren't going to help me. The being aloneness uh, is, is sort of amplified here. And for some reason, outside of dreaming, I tend to, to wake up and start going over my life. Going over my life in the middle of the night. As people I know pass away and as I sort of seemingly successfully fight a, an illness that has been terrifying to all of us for two years. You know, obviously there's been a shift and a change and a different strain and a vaccine and medicines available. And, you know, that panic is has lessened, but, you, you know, there is the residual trauma effect of the terror of the last couple of years and also the recent deaths of people I know. I think the idea of sleeping scares me to some degree. But the dream, man, I had this dream and it was like I was at some sort of party or a house or whatever. And I think it was Timothy Chalamet. And like, you know, they were, there was this sort of a room. It was like a sauna, but it had this plunge pool. But the plunge was like 20 feet and it was very narrow, but it was tiled and it was water. You know, but you kind of fall down this hole into this tiled plunge pool, I guess. And Chalamet's like all fucked up or high on something. And I think he said to me, I said, he said, I wish somebody could weigh me now with all the experiences I'm having now. Weird, right? And then he kind of fell into this, this plunging pool and he hit his head once on the outside, once going down and he went down into the water and there was blood coming out of his head and he was down at the bottom under the water he wasn't moving. He wasn't coming up. And I went down into the water, but I didn't have the room and I was getting claustrophobic. And I was like, I got scared for myself. Could I get out? And like, I couldn't move my arms and I couldn't grab him and pull him up successfully. And I was <laughs> awake. Terrible. I'm sorry, Timothy. I'm sorry, man. I hope you're okay. It didn't look good. It didn't look good from where I was sitting in the dream. I tried, though. I tried to get in there. And I woke up. Sorry, man. So, listen. If uh, if this was helpful, press one. <laughs> I don't know. That's what's been going on. You know, I, I've been very panicky. And I just, uh, I, I feel okay. But uh, I don't feel perfect. And I, I imagine I'll get through this. Today is a week. Um, so Peter Dinklage, uh, I was very excited to meet him. Cyrano, his new film, will get wide release in theaters beginning February 25th. Peter is nominated for the Critics' Choice Award for Best Actor. This is me talking to him here in the studio.
Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. Podcasts. Hodge. Sadly, to be honest with you, I um, I did not watch the Game of Thrones, but I tried to cram it yesterday. It's really too much. There's I, the weird thing is there's more than 24 hours of Game of Thrones. There is. You can't. No. You, you can't cram it in a day. Yeah, you can't like. You would think. I don't know. Maybe. How many hours? Can you cram I Love Lucy in a day? Maybe. I don't know what you can. It's cram a half in. hour, so that would mean like 50. I'm bad at math. So 50 some odd episodes. There's more than 50. It's so funny. I can't cramming anything's a bad idea. Cramming. Any like I. Uh, <laughs> Like I was looking at your the <laughs> physically stuff. cramming yeah. something in. I crammed a, Sometimes it's a good thing. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like, I crammed a, an In and Out burger, a double double, into my face <laughs> yesterday on the road, and it wasn't a good thing. But it was great while you were driving. No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. I was. Uh, my brother in law has a funny story about cramming a uh, big and tasty, which I think is a fast food joint somewhere. Yeah, I think maybe Pacific Northwest. And, right. Um, I'm not going to embarrass him any further. That's right. Oh, okay. He, there was no restroom. Let's leave it at that. Oh, so the big and tasty Ooh. cup became the bi- big. Wow, and tasty. yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's, well, we don't he, have to go into too much detail, but something went in there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of a cute story, or it's really like a nasty story. It's, it's not a good. It's not. It's <laughs> neither. <laughs> You're not recording yet. Sure, I am. Oh shit! But yeah, cramming because I was reading, I was looking at the, some of the stuff on you, and and I realized you did don't some do that. Some Narnia movie, you know, and Ooh. I was like, no, no, I tried to cram. cram I was, you tried to cram in the. I when I was a kid, the Christianity. We were, no, we were assigned. You know, we were through an entire year. We were reading the all the books in Narnia, and I read none you went of to them. a Christian school. No, oh. it wasn't. It was just. A, it was actually kind of a you know progressive school, but I think it was before anybody was really associating <laughs> it with specific Christianity. Yeah, I don't know why it was assigned, but I would. I know I was supposed to yeah, read I them all. I wonder if that was tacked on later well no i mean he is a christian i read his book on grief i mean he right you know he's unabashed but if it was exaggerated later on by the people maybe i but i don't think i think he was uh, of the you know okay christian you know they've they got kind of a bad rap now but i think he's old school right do you know what i mean yeah i know when we did it i didn't it didn't feel christian until uh yeah i think it's metaphorical but it's in there but the point i didn't was, feel very christian making that movie well, that's good do you ever feel christian making movies in well, general i was i was under a lot of prosthetics and 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 working, working <laughs> yeah. with young people and, yeah uh, remember at one point they divided up between the actors and the creatures and apparently i was one of the creatures 
uh-huh. but all of us actors were playing creatures. Right. So it was sort of a class system on uh-huh. that set. Uh-huh. Wouldn't fly today, I don't think. Really? I don't know. I'm not the, the class system between actors and creatures. I was a creature. So, they, so there was no reason to be Christian. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> creatures shouldn't have religion in general. It's well, part of the reason it was invented. There's going to be a problem when they do, when they finally find it. Well, it's, you know, with technology. So, yeah, but anyways, I tried to cram all of them in a day. That was the point. Don't get too far from the mic or take oh, it with sorry. you if you're going to. I can't lean back. I can't relax. No, you can pull it back. The, oh, the, really? the thing moves. This is going to good. Yeah, it goes right with oh, you. Oh, excuse me. Oh, yeah. See that? Look at that. No one gets that either. I don't know really? why I knew you would. No, they, I'm just sort of like, just move it to your face. And they're like, what? what? Look at the structure of the boom. It's designed to move around right. every way you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a that was another cramming story. So you're from Jersey? Originally, yeah. I Me mean, too. I, yeah? like to, I like to do the Jersey part. I didn't do my research on you. That's right. I was I'm genetically Jersey, which is something uh, people have heard me say forever. Both of my parents are from Jersey, my grandparents are from but Jersey. But you're not. From, I was born in Jersey. You were born in Jersey. I was when lived did the you first leave? 6 years of my life in Jersey. There you go. I always went back to Jersey. Okay. Jersey How part do you of me. Pronounce S A U C E. S A U C E. What do you put on pasta? Tomato what? Oh, uh, quickly without thinking. Sock. <laughs> you put tomato socks. Oh, so sauce, sauce. Sauce. Why? Okay. What do you say? No, if you know, if I'm tired, I'll say sauce. Sauce. No, I don't. I don't. I didn't come out with a, a bad joke. Well, because we're thing. educated now. We we lifted. Maybe. I don't maybe. Know. But I wouldn't know if no, I. No, we weren't educated. We were made fun of. I went to school in Vermont, college in Vermont. Oh, that's where that is. My friends from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, who apparently they have the perfect american dialect up there there's no dialect. in vermont no in the pacific northwest Is my friends from there yeah a couple of very smart friends uh they just said that and they made fun of me for saying sauce sauce and coffee so coffee yeah i i, I those I, are the two that that I, i've been i've been Tomato? ridiculed and tomatoes out. tomatoes hey <laughs> uh-huh. that's more like that's sinatra more. look at them tomatoes look at those tomatoes yeah uh, well, yeah, they have. It was mocked out of me. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't think I ever really had it because I moved to I moved away when I was you know seven seven or eight years old. I grew up in New Mexico, but Jersey is. Uh, I love Jersey. I've grown to love it. I don't go back much, but I, I it used to be the brunt of a joke, and then you realize like there's nothing wrong with New Jersey. It's a great state. Yeah, it depends on. There's some people. There's some. <laughs> there's some people. Come on. Who are wrong in New Jersey? And there's, there's wrong like people everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. And people are garbage. I might be one of those people. Well, you're going to be wrong some days. What yeah. part of New Jersey? North New Jersey. I was born at the shore. Yeah. And the school system like, yeah, back I, in the '60s wasn't very good back then. Yeah. So my mom moved us north. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Pompton Lakes. That's where my roots are. Pompton Lakes, New Jersey, Passaic County. Yeah. Yeah. Morris County. Yeah. It's pretty though. You don't think it's it pretty? is? A lot of parks. Are you, is your mom still there? My mom's still in the, there in the house I grew up in. Yeah. So you go back to Jersey? Sometimes, yeah. And you live in New not York? A, not, not you're enough. Not far. Not from... enough, according to my mom. Oh, really? Yeah. But you're not far from Jersey. I don't know. I can't. Well, I'm, I'm in Brooklyn, I'm... so I'm yeah. sort of. I sort of say, Mom, why don't you just come to Brooklyn? Because you're you're by yourself <laughs> and now. Does she it's come? Easy for you to get in the car. Yeah. I got the dogs and the kids, yeah. and it's a little bit of a uh, event. Yeah, sometimes. So she thinks though she thinks it's not New York. When I lived in Manhattan, she's like. This is New York City. 
<laughs> she doesn't get crossing two two rivers to get. I gotta be honest with is you. Is this I, still New York? Yeah. I don't think it is. Yeah, she misses when I lived in the West Village, and right. that's well, yeah, it's exciting that's coming from city. Jersey to the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn is just sort of like it's a bunch of buildings. It's like Jersey again. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like the other side. It's like the coast. It's like Newark. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. They don't can't tell it. It's like going to Long Island. Long Island's Long Island. It's not New York right. City. It's not New York City. Yeah, no, there's no skyline. New York City's New York City. You lived in the West Village. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, Chelsea and oh, yeah. all over. Wait, how old are you? Are you fifty-two? Okay, so yeah. I'm fifty-eight. So we're kind of similar, but we never crossed paths. No, that's weird. Yeah. I was in New York in like eighty-nine, yeah, ninety, uh, ninety-one, ninety-two. I went away for a year and then back ninety-five through two thousand. Yeah, yeah, never saw you. Yeah, you would, you'd remember if you saw me. I would. No. <laughs> Um, no, I was just uh, I was just staying out too late back then. That was it. That was it. Just just not just not doing much, but staying out too late, smoking too many cigarettes, and uh, not really uh, knowing what I wanted to do. Thought I was a writer. A writer? Is yeah. that how? What did you start? A writer? You didn't have to respond like that. Like what? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, who, everyone thinks they're a writer for a while. Everyone thought I was a writer. No, everyone thinks they are. <laughs> People in the arts, you know, at some point go through the writer stage. You have writing. to land on something. Like, I, like, what was your first passion? Writing. Really? When you were a kid? Yeah. And I, what, think so. I think so. I think I, I think I was like guitar and uh, and. Uh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So, but like, but I can take it as a hobby. Right. Writing Don't, is a hobby, right? Kind of. Kind of. But you, you want to? I think when you're an artist, though, or you are aspiring to be an artist, you want to be recognized for your shit. Do people? Uh, it does it need an audience? Does it? Do, if that's the question, if you write and nobody reads it, are you a writer? If you play your guitar just for well, you, I'm just asking. What was your intent? I mean, when you saw yourself as a writer, didn't you want right. people to read it? <laughs> Not really, because <laughs> it wasn't very good. Did you write in high school? I did. Yeah. You know, you start smoking weed and you, yeah, and you read Charles Bukowski like everybody else and Sam oh, Shepard. Yeah. Sure. As a yeah straight. 16 year old yeah you know if you're not into the musicals at that age or into the darker stuff yeah the dark arts of um and then you start drinking yeah you yeah. know and you and you really you're tortured yeah, yeah of you, course and you have to write about you're, it yeah or yeah you're playing it yeah i mean yeah. I, I did that I, when did you start did you smoke cigarettes you smoke cigarettes yeah you stole to? them from my dad's ashtray yeah down in the basement he used to smoke in the basement to go down there what do you smoke what kind um well, he was uh um shit that's a good question i was camo lights for 30 Camel years, like 30, 30. yeah some 16 Shit. to Shit. me too whatever man 40 i switched up a lot though always camel lights i was like fit from 14 15 years old to like 39 probably 35 yeah. no 35 yeah oh that's not as long as you actually my when your wife quits you quit you quit you're, you're kissing an ashtray was it tough mm -hmm. i was on nicotine lozenges for oh, over a decade stuff no it's oh. weird to see people smoking now though because a lot of people still do it not as much as when we were it young. is weird when they're older and you're like come on yeah yeah, yeah i mean enough it just it enough just isn't good it yeah. smells you just don't it's a not it's you don't ever think that you could have done that yeah is what it is yeah when, i and when that's all it was I know. I, I when I smell it, I still enjoy the smell and stuff. But yeah. I know when I see people my age smoking, I'm like, "There's nothing good there, man." No, and it never ends. No, there's no there's no end to it until you stop it. But then they just are pickled and they'll outlive us. Nah, that's not true. Really? No, man. They drop dead of heart attacks that's and cancer. And I think it's gen I think it's 
I think yeah, DNA. Uh, sure, think, a lot of it. I think most of it is DNA. I don't know. Isn't I don't, it? I don't know. You we're typing. Given? Is it? I, 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 I think I, a lot I, of you it. You see a 95-year-old chain smoking yeah, his whole the, life. How do you explain that? The, the, you know, that example, I think, is, you know, I, I'd really like some numbers on those guys. <laughs> Like, I'm sure there are. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure yeah, the doctors. I've heard have that it. story. You know, there's always the example <laughs> right. of the guy. But right. yeah, maybe he had good genes. Maybe he got lucky. But that doesn't mean anything. You just happened to catch him smoking that one cigarette a week, and it's you just, think you he's know, always he, smoking. I, you know, you're processing toxins. <laughs> you know what? You know what's your body? What's it made out of? You know what I mean? How how you know how much can it take? Is what it comes down to. So you you're Bukowskiing in high school, right? And then you get really into it in college. Where'd you go to school? Where in Vermont? Bennington, Vermont. I feel like I've, I know that school. Bennington is known for writers. Um, Donna right. Tart. There's actually a podcast, I think, going on now about the times at Bennington during- Oh, that's right. The, Freddie uh, Stanellis, yes, Donna yeah. Tart. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just saw Jonathan an article Leatham. about that. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, there's, I haven't listened to Was that to your- it. Oh, John, Brady Stanellis, right he's, he's yeah. older than- He's, he's like he, mine. He graduated while I was coming in as a freshman, so I just missed that sort of wave of- hipster 80s writers what'd you do in like in in high school what'd you do for jobs high school yeah. uh mowed lawns and stuff worked in a library they oh yeah I, they thought i was homeless all the time <laughs> they kept coming in and tried to kick me out and i said i work here and there was this one older lady who hired me i don't think she told anybody um because i dressed in like uh capes yeah i had like velvet capes you, i was that really? kind of teenager yeah i didn't do the goth black eyeliner i love the cure but i didn't go makeup but i did the velvet uh, capes black velvet capes you uh -huh. know uh -huh. Combat boots and that, that type of thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, you pre-rip the, the pant, the pant knees. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Black, yeah. black, black jeans. No, green, uh, like camel, but green, but black tights. Oh, okay. Because I was kind of shy. I didn't want to show the knee, the real. So I had had black tights. Yeah, under, black tights under your very ripped jeans. Very uh, with your fantasy trans sort of look. <laughs> I don't know what I was going for. <laughs> oh, that must have been a sight. I did. You got I pictures? Did. Any top hats in your past? Not or? top hats. I wore a beret for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't go through a beret phase. It was I've, the 80s. I, I, Early I did, 80s. Berets I, were I in. Didn't, I didn't cut. You know what I went through? I had an Afghani wool hat. Like it, that, you know, you'd recognize them. They were selling them right. on the street in New York a lot. Right. They had like, they were, they, it was wool. <clears throat> right. And it looked like it, you folded the it flaps. up. Yeah. The Confederacy of Dunces. Not quite flaps. Thing. No, it, it was no. sort of like, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was... It, it looked like you could unroll it, but it was rolled up and it was a cap. Okay. But it was definitely Afghan okay. war Not surplus. It was a Mujahideen <gasps> hat, is what it was. And right. I loved it. I, I wore hats like that. Yeah. No berets. I've got a really big head, so when I find my hat, it stays for a while. Yeah. Because I, I rare is the hat that fits me. Do you um, play instrument? I don't. I used to play trumpet, but my brother's a violinist. Oh, yeah? And my mom is a Still? piano player. Oh, yeah. He's the concertmaster at Hamilton. Hamilton, New York? Hamilton, the Broadway Oh, oh, show. the show. Oh, really? Yeah, he's been doing that for a long time. So he's now, in show yeah. business, too. Lofty. The lofty part of show business. The the high end. The pit. If the yes. pit is, is, is high. And it is high. That's, is. Uh, yeah, that's no, some high-minded stuff. Because like if he's not in the pit, mm -hmm. he can do some shit that nobody understands. But everybody respects. Exactly. <laughs> and you can... Uh, <laughs> That guy's good. You know virtuosity. You don't have to wear costumes. He's is he just, amazing? Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Older he's, or younger? Older. He's been doing it since he was six years old and just, he's never had a real job. He just, his violin has paid, paid for everything. Prodigy? Away. I think so. Mm. Not Juilliard 
sort of that sort of yeah he, you know he was a prog rock head so as soon as if you play electric a violin yeah those guys can told you you can plug it in then he immediately got like a transducer and got all into play you know because prog rock's all about that stuff so uh, yeah yeah so that was his growing up jam that was, was the it was all yes and uk and crimson all those, crimson and all that stuff rush rush he went on tour with rush he did he did doing he, what playing violin that's a lot of guys in the audience <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's oh, very yeah. hard to find a, a lady in the Rush audience. No, ladies have been convinced by Rush guys to come occasionally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They do not sing about love and loss. They I did guess. a documentary and they've addressed that kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. great. They're amazing. Wait, what'd your brother do? He played, played violin. Him? Yeah, really. He had a violin, electric violin solo. What's the his whole name? Thing. Jonathan Dinklage. Wow. It was great. They toured all. Yeah, he's so happy. He was so happy. But you know, Neil. They lost Neil, so I don't think they're. Uh, yeah, going back on, yeah. So, so what'd you do? You sang in the in the art rock mess, general. Mm, the no. theater art rock mess. No, no I I, uh, I got into the acting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was at Bennington. Yeah, acting and the writing, and then you get go to New York, and then you start just. But did you take uh, classes at Bennington? Uh-huh. Oh, you did? What did you major? It was, it was college. You know, you take classes. I get it, man. But like, yeah, <laughs> but some people don't study acting. They're just no, sort of like they just not, do I don't, it. I no, I know, and I that's I we had a couple of really good teachers. Yeah, but I don't get it. I really didn't get it. I was tired. There's a lot of people that sign up for acting class just because yeah. they're lazy and they think I don't know what they're they're not going to ever do anything with it. because yeah. they're terrible. Or right, they're not serious about it, and they just are just sitting there and giggling or whatever it is. It's yeah, just, they don't put it together and. uh um, you so put it together. I was trying to. You like when you when do, when you realize like I like to act. You just find your. I'd say you know, the tribe. Yes, you've done a number sure. of independent films. It's that feeling of yeah. just a, a head, getting a head start on the tribe that you will work with. Yeah, like the great films you've done and I've tried to do. It's sort of you find those people early on. Yeah, and I'm still really close friends with those guys from college and ladies. And are they still in the biz? Some of them, yeah, um, and those are you know we're, we we're nothing without each other. So really, that's what happens. You They're just, your friends, yeah. Huh. I mean, yeah, and we continue to work together. Did you? Everybody has that Steppenwolf idea in America. Oh, you tried to start a. a you know, everybody thinks if you're in the theater, you just look at the template that Steppenwolf did, Malcolm yeah. and Sinise yeah. and Laurie Metcalf and all those those. those I've guys talked to did. Laurie. Yeah, about the beginning of that. But yeah, every, that, everybody looks at that and goes, well, "I want to do that." So you tried to put a, a a crew together. You do. You do it without even know you're doing it. But and did you do it like in New York? Yeah, I, 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 me and my buddy Ian, the guy who made fun of my accent. Um, yeah, we rented. We made a theater in Williamsburg. Yeah, down, down on uh, right under the Williamsburg Bridge, and we tried to do that, and it just fell apart because we didn't have any heat and. It's rough, the right? The landlord threatened to kill a friend of mine, and really, yeah. We what got, kind of what kind of productions were you doing? Well, we were all just like drinking too much too, so we couldn't put it together. So we had like late. <laughs> so you never got a production up? No, never. We did some but, poetry readings, but you had a space. Some bands played. Okay, we we drank a lot. Uh huh. Um, and then we lost our minds uh-huh. and left then walked away. That was it. That was it. So you really could Because we're not busy. We're not, we don't have any business yeah, sense. Yeah, but you didn't. You and didn't. nobody who has a business sense would live in the, in the, in the environment in which we were. But you never even got a show up. No. <laughs> like, I've talked to a lot Steppenwolf of people. Steppenwolf had True West. We had um, nothing. Have you ever done that play? No. 
but it's sort of the dream and the, yeah that's a good one it's like it's like hamlet it's it's one of those like really well that's the, i mean that malkovich true west is the reason a lot of guys my age got are, into are it into it did you see it at the cherry lane no but i saw that american playhouse videotape oh okay you know. yeah yeah that was a, oh, who was but friends of mine like ethan and hawk yeah. and paul dano did it ethan hawk and paul dano did true us together On broadway a couple years ago yeah was that the one where they were rotating people or did they switch roles no that was uh Phil, Phil C- Phil, and, Phil, and john c, c. riley yeah huh. it's just a play that everybody it's just it's just yeah it's rock and roll it's definitely rock and roll yeah. you know what the best part of that play is the toast yeah Eating the toast. What's well, just smelling the toast? Yeah. Because the whole theater starts to smell like I know. toast. Everybody, and since you're, most people are elderly, isn't that what you smell right before you have a heart attack? Yeah, so there's a lot of panic. Yeah. Panic so in the room. <laughs> stroke is, is happening. Is it stroke or heart attack? One of them. The reason but I that's ask- that's not a bad thing to smell right before you die. No, it's not. It's nice. It's a gift. It's a gift. It yeah. is a gift, yeah. yeah. But the reason I ask is that, like, I think, who would I talk to? Like, a lot of people start these troops. Like, I talked to David Harbour, yeah. and I think he put together a crew, too. But yeah. they did some shit. But I, I like the the idea that you guys put well, it together. Well, Mr. Harbor. And, it, 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 and you didn't get anything done. I like that. You're no. just too fucked up to get any. He must you. have had a, a business account guy. No, no. Yeah, I, I don't know that they made any money, but they they got a play up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know if they were expecting much. They had somebody rip tickets in half. Yeah. We, we didn't have that. Yeah. We so so that. what happens after that? What happens after the, the, what was the name of the company? Did you at least name the troop? Giant. <laughs> Giant theater company. So we had R.I.P. Yeah, we. Yeah, R.I.P. Giant. <laughs> yeah, you know, our heart was in the right place. Yeah, how many people were involved in the failure? Just the two of us. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. You, didn't even, you hadn't even yeah. casted the bunch no. yet. No, no. We had, we, and we had to. We found a roommate, our friend. Oh, I like friend, that you still. Hila's brother. I like. The, I like that you still consider it a, a theater <laughs> group. A thing that happened. People came to it. There nothing. There was nothing to see, but people hung out. Well, you just, you just. There like, was always people hanging out. Oh, you had a couple events at the space. Was, Is was, that what you uh, tell me? It was. It felt like Andy Warhol's factory, mm. but nothing like it at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah people there to hang out. Yeah. Drink. And what? Is yeah. anybody doing anything? No. Do you have any comedy there? There was some comedy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what happens Surprise, after that? We could have called. You could have probably made. I it. popped in. Yeah, I heard. Put us on the map. Sure, man. Yeah, I wasn't on the map though. <laughs> hey, I hear there's well, a. Do you could have done something. Giants doing a show. <laughs> They're doing comics. Hey. Yeah. Open night. Yeah. Open, open night mic, at Giant. Open mic at Giant. <laughs> Where is it? It's under the under bridge. the Williamsburg Bridge. I'm good. Yeah, well, go. It, it rattled so much that you couldn't really hear Come a, a production of it. Seriously, it did, yeah. It's like, where's this yeah. fucking movie? Yeah, I know. It's really, we should go back there. What What happens after that? <laughs> My cough isn't COVID. Don't worry. All right. Um, um, I paid the bills. I'm a survivor. I, yeah. I got jobs. Acting? Uh, no, oh. no, because fuck acting. When I was young, I just yeah. didn't. I didn't want to be a part of it because, because. I just because. I knew what it meant, and I just didn't like that. And and we what when, it meant for you, you or in general? Yeah, I was just coming off the, yeah. the, the the financial crisis of Giant. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure, the loss, sure. the economic loss, yeah. Of yeah. Giant. devastating, devastating, <laughs> hard times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. it was like so much put in, so, so little, much put in. Yeah, so I thought this is not for me. Yeah, so I worked in offices and did all sorts of things. Um, How's it come back around? I I don't know. You don't. <clears throat> did you have a rep? Did you have somebody? No, not for who pulled you back in. After... I did bootstraps. Yeah, I went. Um, I read for this guy. Somebody, oh Kevin Corrigan. Oh yeah, 
he he was friends of a friend, a writer friend uh-huh. of mine, and he he said, uh, "Hey, the, we made this movie. You want you should come and read for the director, yeah. Tom DeChill, and was living in Oblivion." Oh yeah, 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 movie. I remember. Yeah, they had done like a short film version of that, and then they were making it. So they so I just I read for Tom DeChill, and he gave me the part. But then you know you get you do that movie, and it's great, and people see it, and then you go back to doing regular jobs. And I thought you, you didn't know, get an agent or anything. No. So you did that. I didn't want an agent. Yeah. I didn't want any of that stuff. I think it's all on me. I could have done something earlier. What was the apprehension? Um, Lack of control. Yeah. Just being told where to go, what to say. Right. It's just stupid shit for for someone my size. Oh, you were concerned that uh, you'd be typecasted? Probably. But I wasn't. But I think even if I was six foot two, I wouldn't. I didn't really. I wasn't. It was just humiliating. And acting, I think acting in general, going out. Yeah, and, yeah no, I yeah. get it. I get but, it. But and yeah. I also have still think ambition is ugly. I'm trying to come to terms with ambition, and I think you need ambition. I agree, that's true. But for some reason, for me, yeah, maybe I'm older. And I just ambition. I never. I always thought it was ugly, and you and there are people. I didn't. The, the trust levels were people like that. Are Look, low, man. I mean, some people I see it sometimes, and it's like. For what? For a part? What? What are you doing? Well, You're, sometimes that's all people have. You know, that, the I weird know. thing is, is that you know that type of focus and this idea that you know if you work hard, you get the stuff, mm-hmm. and also that like you know what it's really about is uh, you know winning. Is right. that you know there's that that is a school of thought now. Yeah. And and what especially. People, not to be that guy, but here in L.A., it's... Yeah, but ambition is not a point of view, but it is something that will get you uh, to a point. You know what I mean? There is plenty of people that lack, have an insane lack of talent, right. but are fueled by ambition right. that uh, do okay. I know. I like the, 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 the formula, perseverance plus talent equals luck. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's a good one, but it's not a, it's not ambition. It's sort of like just I don't. Well, you I think <laughs> you know that there's a fine line between passion and right and ambition, and also like there, yeah, at some point in your head, you realize if if you want to do the thing that you don't really have a choice in it, and you're going to be found out yeah. if you're ambitious just for yourself and you're not about uh, you're going to be found out. You're not, yeah, maybe you're not going to be around. Maybe, maybe like, you know, it's, it's one of the big problems. Like there, there are people that are very good at socializing right? and the, the ambitious people are the ones that know all the fucking things to do to get you into the place you want to be. Whereas people that are broken and fucking self-hating and extraordinarily talented, they're, they're more likely to do themselves in one way or the other. Right. Yeah. So if you can persevere from that out of that hole, then you're truly gifted. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Without any ambition, you're gifted and you're going to have to accept it. Well, yeah, there's also like that <laughs> stupid, like you're hiding bef- behind some false humility that's, I don't like ambition, it's ugly. But, you know, if you're like, if you have any success, you, you, I guess you've had some sort of ambition to well, you, work, no, but I No, but I think what work. you said before is it's persistence. Yeah, and you want to work, yeah, sure. Yeah. And you, and you, but I love yeah. work, and work is what we do. Work is life, and life is work intertwined with what we do. And so it's hard to delineate ambition in your life being ugly and, and being... Right. Uh, but I think what you said wanting is true. something in your work because it's so they're so intertwined. Well, but I think what you said is true is that the 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 scary part about the job is that you're put in a position to take opportunities that you really don't want because someone is either um, 
you know, talked you into it or, or you're desperate. So, you know, there's, you know, that's a big fear. Right. Uh, Especially with actors. Cause you're, yeah. you're really told what to do, yeah. where to stand and what to eat and what to wear. And it's just, the older you get, you just realize that's why a lot of actors become producers or they become, or they direct or they right. just, or they Gene Hackman it and they just leave it because they don't want to get up at 4 a.m. At a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like he walked away at the, in the prime of his fucking career. <laughs> but he would come back though. Yeah, sure. A lot of actors retire and then four years later, wait, I thought you were retired. He's in his 90s. I know, but He's you done. haven't heard from him. I, yeah, I hear about him. Do you? He, Does he call you? No, but I grew up in New Mexico, and he's oh. up in Santa Fe, so I just talked to somebody in Santa Fe. And Shirley I, McLean, she's around there. Yeah, there's a few yeah. people up there, but yeah. I talked to my buddy's girlfriend. They live up there, yeah. and I asked, do you ever see Hackman? And she says, yeah, we were. I saw him you know, at the mobile home dealer, <laughs> and he got, he took the mobile home I wanted. I'm like, oh, oh well, that's shit. a good Hackman story. <laughs> His wife wanted the mobile home I wanted, and they got it, and then it turned out they was, didn't like it. So there you go. He was checking out his stats on yeah. goldderby.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, <laughs> ambition. But you know, you you have somehow carved your own path. What happens after living oblivion? Is that how soon before the station agent? Uh, almost ten years. Oh, Jesus. So yeah. after living in oblivion, you <laughs> actually lived in oblivion? Yeah, a little bit. No, I did odds and ends and yeah. did some indie, some friends made some indie movies that nobody saw and you get a couple hundred bucks there, here and there for doing those. And then, uh, um, yeah, living in um, station agent, Tom McCarthy. McCarthy, yeah, I've yeah. talked to him. Yeah, he's great. He's a good friend. Smart guy. Very smart. Um yeah, he wrote it with a couple actors of mine, and we just did it, and didn't think anybody. Again, he, Tom knew that he that he was on to something, um, but just living in that small, uh, you know, box of not seeing the bigger world out yeah. there of what you're working on, right? And perhaps like in a theater sense of it all, sure. You just do readings in people's living rooms, and then it was at Sundance and suddenly everybody was laughing. Yeah. I'd, I'd do, you know, you're so in, immersed in it, you didn't realize it was even funny yeah. until you get an audience in there. And that was that was when I knew that it was going to be somewhat popular. How much of your energy, though, early on went, you know, into, like, how much do you think this non-ambition thing and also the desire for control thing, mm -hmm. you know, ha was driven by not being... You know, not wanting to be typecast, you know, in, you know, classical dwarf roles. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, of course. I'd probably 100%, but yeah. that guy at that time wouldn't admit to that. Right, right. You know, oh, right. Me at 24 would never admit to that. Cause you were just mad. Probably. Just, yeah. just, well, just thinking um, there's something else. Right, right, right. Not. Right not even uh, um, embracing that reality. Right. Trying to distance myself from that because that's not even something I would even dare to even consider. No? What, playing a leprechaun or something? No, 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 but I mean like, oh, I thought you A, a realm that, I, that just was like not, I wouldn't. But early on, you, 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 I thought you were saying you wouldn't you know, own that disposition at that time, that that was the reason why you weren't. Yeah, oh. yes, that's what I meant. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But now, later, that's Looking obviously back on, the reality sure. of what it was. But living with that reality—that's an excuse. <laughs> it, Sorry, not it is. really. It is. I don't know. Is it? I, yeah. I mean, but but do you think like let's say you did it differently and you did you took all the leprechaun roles? 
and even a few TV commercials. You think you'd still be the same guy now? Talking to you? Uh, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the difference, I guess, that between... That calls into question... What? Every choice you make. Absolutely. The different paths of reality set Well, I think something you. in your heart knows, like, you know, when you've crossed a line or, or there's a line you don't want to cross. I mean, I think that... I mean, how... What, what just in general living with it what right. was your experience well, they, they, and how in how you judged yourself well there there are people in our line of work yeah in the sh business of show that would do anything to be around it like i've read articles about uh -huh. people who worked in the in the design shops and yeah. it was like runners sure. on movie sets to give yeah. this actor his coffee and just to be around the energy of it mm. i wanted nothing to do with yeah it, you know because that just seemed that that would just make me even more sad about it all. It, back then, yeah. I don't know now, but um, I just so I would. Just I, take, I, I would assume that you st probably still wouldn't want to get somebody coffee on set. No, that takes a certain personality. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, um, lovely personality yeah. that I don't have. Um, so I would just do anything else but work in the show business. And, right, yeah, right. Yeah. I get it. Okay, I get it. Yeah. So you just kept it. This you kept it. This distance. This angry dream. This angry distance from it all, and. Uh, <laughs> waited until they were ready <laughs> until they they the right the right guy they sent the right representative yeah exactly oh boy i had some winners yeah yeah i can't i can't, I can't talk about that though because they're still working they're still, they're still kicking yeah and they're they're lovely it just wasn't the right fit perhaps i mean i don't know a lot of the movies before the station agent like uh 13 moons or alex rockwell yeah incredible was it a good movie yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's hard to separate the the experience of the movie from the movie. I like I like having a great experience making a movie, and if nobody sees it, yeah, you know, what are you gonna do? But sometimes, <laughs> rarely, is the thing that you have a great experience and everybody sees it and loves it. But do you do? You, that's why everybody's doing TV now because you, you know you can, everyone every, everybody sees it. Yeah, or, or somehow if there's enough somehow. of it out there, eventually Jeez. they'll see it. I don't know why suddenly so much people have so much time on their hands to watch all this stuff. There's so much stuff. I, yeah, it's impossible, but right. but it because does. They can pause it. Yeah, and that also exists out there in the world, especially yeah. if you're part of a huge series like you were. That you know that that's never going to go away, ever. Yeah. No, I don't. Like the, I, I might even watch it eventually, even though I pushed back against it with all of my heart. Why? I'm not a fantasy guy. Wow. Neither well, neither was I. Neither am I. No, you are now. <laughs> I was, it's my gig. It was my job. It's just really good writing. Yeah? It's not really about fantasy. It's, well, mo it's mostly people in a room talking. Well, that's what I hear. Occasionally dragons. That's what I hear. But, there, but then... There... It wasn't about the dragons. I get it. But... <laughs> no, you don't, because I you do. haven't seen it. No, I know, but I get what you're saying. I always get this that on the, the street. This people was the argument. People always come up to me on the street. Oh, there's a whole thing. Yeah. There's a thing that people do on yeah. the street because you know I get recognized. Oh, they're like, I never watched it. Yeah, they love saying that. Yeah, it's like a badge of honor. Oh, or they'll they'll come up and they'll just. I'm go, the same with Marvel. Hey, I'm saying with Marvel. You are on Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. My son liked it. There you so there's go. There's no there's no nothing. There's just they're uh -huh. they're just there to state their case. Yeah, state their case or or yeah, which you just did. Just, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I watch your other movies. But, I mean, but you're I proud of it. You're not a fantasy thing. I, I watch know. your movies. Yeah, I know. But I watch some of your movies too. But the, the point is, like, I'm not trying to make I'm a statement. No, I know. But I know it was a big deal. I'm actually oddly trying to be respectful and acknowledge that this if, was. If nobody watched Game of Thrones, would you check it out? No. If it was counterculture. The, part of the other reason. Such a no, 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 no. The, part of the other reason is the commitment. You know, like by the time, <laughs> by the time, like you know, I was. Everyone was like, "Let's, you know, you got to do this." I, I'm like, you know, what am I going to, I got to start this thing now? You know, so 
Like, what I are you doing tonight? I didn't watch The Wire you got a, you got until thing. like ten years after. And you watched all of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Like Breaking right. Breaking Bad. I was I was I was watching that week to week. Oh man, so good. And then I watched it again. I caught up about three seasons. They were, uh, by the third season, I, I watched them all. I was, it's 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 just like you're right. Maybe I need to make the time. But I'm the same way with with Marvel movies in terms of fantasy. But I know the Game of Thrones is if, of a different mind, and it's like and, and it's amazing. I, I I know that. I don't. It's up to you to, to decide that. I believe it's true, but I have not <laughs> watched it. But I hear you're great in it. <laughs> People seem to like that. Me yeah. in it saying you, things. You got prizes. Saying lines. Got, I got some prizes. You got the prizes. Uh-huh. Um, no, it was, you know, I think they got mad at the show at the end. Everybody oh, right, got right, mad at right, it because right. they didn't want to say goodbye to it. Yeah, well, that happens. But now there's another you can't, one coming. You can't win. With, there's another one coming? Yeah, there's a prequel coming up. You in it? No. No, nobody, nobody attached to the originals in it. But there's there's another one because it made some money. HBO's back on it, which I have an I have an opinion about. Yeah, you know. Yeah, what is it? Just make something different. Make something. No, I think it's going to be a really good show because I know the director of the producer of it worked on our show. I think it's going to be really fucking good. That's good. But but they took a risk on our show. HBO did. Mm. It's all under all old all new leadership over there now. Yeah. They took a huge risk on our show and it was it was a slow start. But why don't they do that again? Right. What this isn't a risk. It's it's a proven thing that works. Well they're doing it with succession, I think. They, they did. Yeah. I mean that started out of nowhere, it seemed. Succession. Yeah, another great I love that show. I love I, it. I'm starting to go. Why am I watching these people? They're so. <laughs> they're so. They're, well, it's because of what you said. It's because yeah. of the language. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's dialect. It, dialogue. Dialect. It's great. Dialogue. It's dialogue. Well, you know, you can have the best idea for a show or a movie, and just show me the dialogue. That's sure. How, you know, is that how you choose most things? You got to read the dialogue. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like, how do you? What? But I knew Dave and Dan. I knew especially Benioff. One of the writers for Game of Thrones yeah. knew how good of a writer he was. Yeah. I wasn't familiar with Dan's writing yet. Yeah. Benioff was an incredible writer. But he did a funny turn in Elf. That was a good, that was funny. Yeah, I, do, I, I always like the funny. And, I, and the station, I try agent, and go the to station the agent was great. Oh, I always try and go for the funny. Do you? Yeah. I'm not very being very funny right now because I've been talking to, about myself in this movie for two weeks. We haven't even talked about the movie yet. Maybe we, maybe we won't have to. Maybe this is the interview I do where we don't have to talk about them. You're not, well, you're not a plug show. We don't, you know. No, I, I build it around the plug. This like, is, yeah. When does this air? In like six six months? No, we'll do it. it yeah, that's how you you. What, got how do, on do here. they air? What is pod? You just press a button no, and they're suddenly is, on the internet. I, this is just how I get people to come to my house. <laughs> There's no airing. It's got this weird reputation. I don't. You don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't do podcasts. Yeah, I still don't know what they are. It's like a radio you, show. People, you know what it is. Yeah, people watch it. I no, but have people said that before? Like, I don't what don't what is a podcast? Well, they don't say quite say what is it anymore unless they're ninety. <laughs> well, that's but me, even man. but you're asking me the reason why it's not a plug show is that well, I wouldn't have been able to get you to come here without the, the yeah being the here. premise right. being you're promoting a movie. But I don't usually do full plug movie. But I did watch the movie. But I want to talk about the station agent for a second because that seemed to be the big turning point. Plug the Blu-ray re-release of the station agent. But McCarthy <laughs> seemed to understand something that broadened your capacity, you know, as an actor and as a public person, right? I mean, he innately knew that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, because we knew each other. Yeah. 
um, at, by the by that point, by the time we filmed, we were good friends. So I think that's such a head start on everything. And you know, movie making is weird when you when you're not familiar and good yeah. friends with people. Yeah, it's just it's yeah because it's fake, it's false, and it's and but when you when you have that experience with people and and, and love and and familiarity and shorthand, yeah. shorthand changes everything, and that's what. Um, helped that movie. It's fun that, like, it, and Patricia Clarkson's so great. Yeah. Michelle Williams is like, without, was just so young at that point. She was still doing Dawson's Creek at that point. Yeah. That's crazy. We had to wrap her out to get her back. To, get her back to the to kid Dawson's show? Dawson's Creek, yeah. Did you go hang around that Worcester group at all? Did you go see that shit? Uh, no. I saw, that was sort of before my time. And then when we got there, it was, I saw just actually. Not that like ten years ago, I saw a show there that Fran McDormand did, but no, not 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 really. No, no, I I missed all that. I was too busy just yeah. being a dumb comic. Yeah, I was sort of being a, just a dumb idiot. Just didn't go see a lot of plays because there was like plays, and there was like the end of sort of performance art was happening down there. There right. were still people around doing things, yeah, like that performance wise, interesting kind of avant garde stuff, yeah. which sort of became a uh, mockery of itself eventually. Yeah. yeah. I, I would see a lot of comedy. Yeah. Lot of comedy. Stand up? Yeah, comic friends. Oh, like who? Showalter and all those guys were The steak, like, you see, went to Stella in Stella. time? Stella at the Time Cafe. We went all the time to that. Oh, really? Yeah. I did that once or twice. I always had a and beef. I probably saw you. Had beef with those guys. Yeah. I'm okay yeah. with them now, I guess. Yeah. They annoyed me. No, I remember it was, uh, yeah. Because they I were, could, you know, yeah, I could, yeah. <laughs> But I remember Louis would, would yeah, show up occasionally. Sure. And I remember like the yeah. Is Louis here tonight? Is Louis? Yeah. Oh, yeah that was, Silverman. Everybody. Janine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a thing. Yeah. And that guy Blue and his band. Yep. That was just what we would do or whatever every Wednesday for a while there. Right. We would head over there. Yeah. I just remember like having been like mostly a club comic. I just as that kind of world of. Uh, you know, kind of nice, kind of sketch-oriented people started mm -hmm. to populate comedy. I just yeah. resented them because you were a lone wolf. Exactly. And did it become I still like the cool kids kind of shutting you out a little bit, or did it? What, no, was they that? always wanted to involve me, but I was not like, them in particular. But oh, comedy. No, is there? A, I could have done a it. Hierarchy. No, I mean we did Luna Lounge. Did you do that too? Yeah. That was a little earlier. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. always there. I, I never could, performed, but I would just be an audience. Yeah, because I could drinking. go up there and yell and, yeah. and, and do what I do. But then, like, yeah, it all became very sort of like... The ambition, though. Hipster. I guess what we're yeah, talking about before. Yeah. A little of that. Seems like perhaps... There was something There was something happening in terms of a community uh, definition. Like, you know, right. comics, you know, our job is to, you know, go out into the wild of our brain and the world and, you know, beat ourselves up and try to process things. You know, I had a different idea of what it was. Then, you know, sort of like, we're doing this thing together. Right. Like, I, what does that mean? It's right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Why? Skits. Yeah, yeah. What do not, you... I don't do skits. Yeah. No. Yeah. They were, but really funny skits. But Sure. But Just... I get it. If I was, yeah, I, I get it. Um, what do you think, what's happening now with comedy, with the world we're living in now? Not, oh, not I, I, I think that there's a problem, again, with some sort of tribalization, but it's not yeah. the sort of like, um, uh, kind of like urbane nerd uh, that, that is really... No, but uh, being afraid to... Now there's an... Being afraid to be funny or being afraid to say something well, I think that, inappropriate, I think, which is the basis of all I guess humor. so, but uh, I, I think that that's... I, I, I don't... 
Not I, to I, be hot topic guy. No, but, but I don't know. I don't really buy into that. I don't I don't right. think you I think you can say things. And I think you can still like, you know, if the if the idea the impulse is only to shock or to say something well, to that's, yeah, make an I mean, impact. That's not so fun. But I mean the great leveler. That that sure, have but I, I still think that uh, we're all that's in it. Possible. We're all in it together. I think I, I don't. It. I don't know if that's true anymore. Right, because of politics, the audience, or because of the comic, because of politics. I think that you know this idea that there is a woke comedy, right, and an anti woke comedy is fucking ridiculous, right. And you know if you consider yourself anti woke, then I think you're carrying water for right-wing propaganda yeah and i and i think that you're a hack because the job is to think for yourself yeah so what you know like you know if you can't find your voice in a world of diversity and respect then you know what are you really and if you can't transcend that by being uh you know respectful yet still provocative then you know you're not really challenging yourself are you yeah you're right. Things evolve. I just I think that you can be as crass and as fucking vulgar and as fucking provocative as you want without saying a couple of words. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you know, there's a lot of words we don't say anymore. This whole idea that we can't joke about anything has been around since, you know, the beginning of comedy. I know. There's a lot of hypocrisy going on, I got to say, from being a... Mm. Somebody who's a little bit unique, front row seat to some... Really? Like what? Like what do you see? Well, you know, it's really progressive to um, cast a, a, literally no offense to anything, but I was a little taken back by the... very, very. They're very proud to cast a, a Latino actress as Snow White. Yeah. But you're still telling the story of Snow still White. Snow White, yeah. Seven Dwarves. Sure. So. Look, take take a step back and look at what you're doing there. Yeah, I know. That makes no sense to me. But oh, so what, you what, be, you're progressive in one way, and then but you're still making that fucking backward oh, story of back- seven dwarves <laughs> living in a cave. To get, what the fuck are you doing, man? We, you know, have yeah, I yeah. have I done nothing to advance the cause <laughs> from my soapbox? I guess I'm not loud enough. Uh, I don't know what studio, I don't know so, what studio that is, but they, but it was they were so proud of that, and all love and respect to the to the actress and to uh, the people who thought they were doing the right thing. But I'm just like, Dude, you don't. What are you doing? Right. And I remember doing. Uh, um, I played Hervé Villachez Yeah. In a in an HBO film, and there was a lot of early backlash. How dare he play a Filipino? They were so liberal minded, and I am as liberal and. Sure. As as anybody. Right. But they were so convinced because of how he looked, yeah. Hervé, that he was Filipino, which is, if that's not racism, what else? Because he's not. He was a Frenchman and his physical condition made him look very cherubic. Uh-huh. And Interesting. I guess someone from the Far East. But they got uh-huh. very angry. How dare you do that? And they didn't even have all the information. Nothing. They just assumed. Yeah. I, I, and here I am hanging out with his brother. Patrick Villachez, who was just like laughing at all of it, uh-huh. who was born and raised in France with the guy, and well, I think that's it, interesting because well, I'm, I think I'm that... also if you tell the tell the the, the story of Snow White, yeah, it's most fucked up, cool, 
progressive spin on it, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, all in, but I just don't know. But that has something to do with business, doesn't it? Because like- But you it's know, all the same world, what you're talking about. It is, but like- And, and, and watching ourselves and being- but they, but not hypocrisy of where you know all of that. But not unlike we were talking about before, is that they knew, you know, it's not unlike you know revivals, right? So right, they knew they got a cash cow with that story. Yeah. So you know, it's because e- people don't take risks, right? But but the point is, is that like they with were great just, risk comes great reward. Yeah, but they, but they, but in their mind, they're like, we got a no brainer here. Right. You know, we can win by appearing to be progressive by casting a Latina, and uh, and you know, we can just you know you know run money through this story again. Yeah. I don't think anybody has ever probably, other than what I just heard just now, said, you know, this is a miss. It's not you know the the dwarf community <laughs> is tired of this shit. Is there one? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Right. In order to seek representation, you, you have to have a community movement, which also is the heart of what becomes the issue of wokeness. But it's such a minority. I know. And I'm not I'm not affiliated with any um, groups or anything, but it's such a minority that it causes a real like, well, who the fuck cares? You know, and that's it's entertainment. I mean, entertainment. Right. But I think that that's also what I'm I'm talking about is that there there's a movement on behalf of like a anti wokeness to get us back to who the fuck cares. Now, I'm not right. uh, yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, you should you know stand up for for uh, your community. It's not your responsibility. And right. it may be relative. I don't know. If it, would you even consider it marginalized or just not even acknowledged, you know, other than some, you know, what to call people? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, is like, I think in the world that, you know, anti-wokeness or, you know, anti-progressiveness sees, it's sort of like, hey, come on, everybody. Let's go back to, can't we just fuck with people? Right. Which I, which half my brain does. Sure. Because I'm about as politically non-correct. Right. Because probably because of who I am, I'm maybe allowed to be a little less politically correct because I get to, I get to make fun of myself. Yeah. You know, I get yeah. to say the M word. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? You do. M, not I know, N. I know, M. I heard you. But again, you're in a movie now that speaks to this too, because, you know. Speaks to what? To casting in a different way. You know, um, this is an, uh, it's sort of an age old story, Cyrano, which I didn't have never seen or read. So that story was totally new to me when I watched it the other day, which was very exciting. Yeah. Because it's heartbreaking. Oh, you saw the movie? I did. Oh, cool. You liked it? Yeah. Really? Yes. I'm, I'm kind of, like as I get older, and even when I wasn't older, I, it's like you know I don't I I I admit that you know musicals move me. It, it, people in general, you know, singing or any of that right. story. I I I don't I they're, don't they're, run around saying I love them, but they always get me. Do you like that the band The National? No. They, oh, they wrote all the they wrote all the songs. <laughs> it's very good though. Yeah, it's it's more of a um, now I like them. Now I like the yeah. band The National. It's kind of a movie with songs. It's musicals. You sort of think like. Big, big, lavish numbers. Of West no, I guess Stories, so. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it, is, but a it mu- is a musical. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie with songs, but yeah. you do there's dance numbers. Yes, yeah. I don't dance, basically. Yeah, no, you don't. That's but true. like, there are choreographed dance yes. numbers. So I guess it is a musical. Um, no, I, 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 it was originally a stage play, and Erica Schmidt, the adapter of the original Rostand play, French yeah. play from the about 120 years ago, she had the great idea. All right, this show is done all the time. It's yes. been done for a hundred years. It'll and the be, movie with Steve Martin was Roxanne. Yeah. And then there was a movie with Gerard Depardieu, which is great. Yeah, I um, hear that. And it'll be done a hundred years from yeah, now. Yeah, 
we're not the first or last version of the story. Right. So with that, you can kind of unearth it a bit and go, well, all right, what do we do with this one? Like Roxanne, like Steve Martin did. Yeah. Let's make it a pure comedy. But what she did was um, she said, well, what if we take away its most famous attribute? What if we take away the nose? Right. And what are you left with? Yeah. You're left with the same heart, but yeah. just but no nose. Yeah. And uh, for me, I always, I never really associated with the, the play growing up. I was more obviously, like we said, Sam Shepard. Yeah. Because I always thought it was this handsome actor in a fake nose. Yeah. And when he wrote it 120 years ago, I'm sure it was great and the crowds went wild. And yeah. It was like, oh, what's up? It was probably one of the first known prosthetics yeah. used. Yeah. It was probably maybe even controversial to some. What are you doing? But f- now it's just. What the fuck are you griping about this big nose? It doesn't seem... And the actor got to take it off at the end of each performance. Yeah. Put it on his little nose hook in the right. dressing room. The nose hook. Wherever he kept it. <laughs> I like a nose hook. A nose yeah. hook. But he he could do that. And uh-huh. I just thought... Nah, it's just... I know theater and film, it's false. It's make-believe. It's pretend. But uh-huh. I, it, growing up, I needed that to be connected real on a guttural yeah. visceral level with something of and course it, and it was just too theatrical for yeah me. i didn't like it any of it but then erica got rid of it because i she didn't write it for me but she got rid of the nose and she added these songs got the band <sighs> to add these songs i just thought that was a smart way in yeah and very i, I lobbied for the part and she, she let me she let me play the part and my size is not a substitute for the lack of a nose it's just sort of it's sort of uh, perhaps I was drawn upon stuff, yeah. In terms of feeling insecure about yourself on on bad days, and yeah. Uh, uh, but no, it's, it spoke to everybody suddenly. But yeah, but also like yeah, you take away the prosthetic and you take away that device, which makes it which makes it kind of asks for comedy. Of course it does, and, and it also you subconsciously as an audience member, I found, are judging the character just like all the other characters are judging him because you just you're not. It's just a big nose, it's, it's just we, a, right? And you're kind of—it's it's fake, and yeah, and and it's sort of a—you're you're in on the joke, and the actors in on the joke with you, like right, almost winking at the audience, like look at my f- big nose. Oh. But what's interesting about this movie is that you don't, you know, you don't ask any real questions about how or why you are what you are. Is right. that you know you show up and you, you're clearly you, right. but your intellect and everything is already intact, yeah. and 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 the swordsmanship and all that stuff because yeah. you put the work in to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's all sort of like, well, this guy's just a you know badass, right? Period. Yeah, and no one's gonna fuck with this guy. Right. You know, like you're like uh, it never appears comedic in that way. No, it, it's heartbreaking from the very beginning because well, it's know, just play, purely human. Can't play the comedy of anything, really. No, but like, but I could see what you were saying that you know to keep returning to the nose right. after a certain point, oh, it man. just becomes frozen in time. It becomes a tradition. It becomes yeah. silly, and you have to suspend a, a whole lot of disbelief just in order to get to the, hum- the humanity of the play. Right. And I thought, if this guy is really heroic in everything in his life, yeah. except for love. That's really cool too. That's very contra. That's you know because heroes usually in films are, you know, heroic across the board. With in battlefield comes back with the woman and never you know he's heroic all the time. Yeah, but just but the, to the, be to be completely oof. at the mercy of of love. It yes, was, was pretty was great. Is that a choice that you made to how in terms of playing it? Uh, 
I like that he's um, cowardly in one aspect. Well, that but that's what I'm I'm asking yeah, you. I mean, is. the story is the story. Yeah. But when you were deciding how to make choices around playing him, well, I think it calls into question a lot of about what uh, what is love, yeah, baby. But truly, it's is love. It's he, this guy. It's almost like if Roxanne professed her love to him, yeah. he wouldn't know what to do in a way. It's like people who are in love with the idea of love. What the fuck is love? Yeah. Is love, is there such a thing as love at first sight or is that just chemicals and sex and yeah. um, attraction? Does love come later? What right. Do you, what do you, right. what is it? What is it? Can you, is it, is it possible to sustain it for a lifetime? That's what the movie's about. Is it, right. Yeah. But it's, it's more about that initial, keeping that initial thrill. Right. And how do you sustain it? You know, in an Emily Bronte sense uh-huh. of it all, like people who who have this notion of what it is. Yeah. It's very old school Catholic, you know, about like loving God and, yeah. and giving your life to something, but you're not even aware of what it is truly that you're that you're mm. that you're bowing down to. Um I think. And I think a most a lot of people um, don't like to apply love to reality. They like to keep them separate, and that's what Cyrano does. I don't right. know, you know, what are they going to move in together as soon as Roxanne starts snoring? Cyrano going to still be in love with her? Still being written poetry about her? I don't know. Well, I, I think what you bring up is interesting about, you know, belief and about loyalty and about decision, you know, choosing, right. you, you know, to live in that elevated state of, yeah. you know, whatever it may be, love, obsession. But, that, but also if you're lying to that person, he's lying to Roxanne. He sets up this elaborate catfish with with um, Christian. Yeah, but but she sort of instigates. She initiates <laughs> that. I mean, her her feeling. <laughs> it's her. No, but her feeling for him, however naive it may have been, was right. where it started. It was it, it, right. You stepped in because she asked you. I mean, it isn't just. Have you ever been? Cl- sorry to interrupt. Have you ever been close friends with a woman? No. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> no, that you were <laughs> attracted to. Yeah. But they weren't. Yes. We all have. I think yeah, but I think that's you know, after a series of those is where, and, where, where my friendships with women sort of took a hit. Right. Cyrano doesn't doesn't take a hint. Because he's been friends with Roxanne for a long time. And if she doesn't realize that he also didn't in like, love with her. That if he, she doesn't really Yeah, but you know, just like he saw her, she sees him in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. The familiarity is your biggest enemy there. Right. Yeah. How do you shift that? Do you Have you gone back and become friends with those women? Well, I mean, you after know, it time, ha- after time fizzles or whatever. Well, it, it happened does. throughout my life at different points, right. yeah. you know, where, but I, I always blame myself. Of course. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I, if I, like, I have a few uh, women friends, but not many. Uh, and were you quiet about it, or would you tell them right away, like a, like an actor, like myself would? No, it just I was just quietly, you know, uh, obsessed and and you know uh, over overcompensating and right, you, you know, and then it just uh, it, you know, none of them were. I, I, I did I have it at an age where, you know, I would you know maintain the the relationship. I mean, it I it, I've it's been tricky for me in general to you know maintain friendships and by and large. Yeah, I have a few friends. Yeah, well, how many friends do you need, though? People have too many. I know. Friends. I have a, yeah, a bit about that. You, you need two. You need the main guy and the guy you go to when you drain the main guy. <laughs> hey, man, I'm having I, this problem. I, oh, you're tired? I, no, I'll call the other guy. I've <laughs> lost some friends over the years. Yeah. 
just because I'm tired of listening to them. Sure, you got it. It's, it's all about it's yeah. all about them yeah, and the I, problems. I definitely and, have those. You feel resentful, like yeah. What about my shit, man? You're not, you know. Yeah, well, like it. But I, I had to. I had to walk away from some of those. Yeah, uh, and then did you ask yourself why am I the guy that they do that to? Yeah, that's on me too. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, 100%. that's yeah, my dad's a, a famous self-involved rambling man. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but anyway, so I love that Chris Christopherson song. It's it's one of the best self-involved rambling. Man. Yeah, it's not it's it's not even that sad. No, it's, it's just, not. Like, it's tiring because <laughs> it goes on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like an entire wow. side yeah. of an album. Yeah, we get the and point. And then you flip over the album, you think it's over, but it's still going. Still there. He's it's still, still talking about still something you don't give a shit about. About himself. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, most songwriting might fall into that. Yeah, I guess uh, so. But, uh, Shut up already with the, with yeah. the singing about it. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm more of a, a melody guy than a lyric guy. <laughs> give me the riff. I want to know the riff. I don't need to hear the talking. Um, <laughs> That's why you don't know what, you know. Most people are singing about. <clears throat> but, Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is that what he's saying? What? Yeah. Oh, man. Just, here, smoke this. Yeah. Doesn't matter, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're on a rocket. This guitar is holding down. it. Down. But, uh, Am I upside down or is Jimmy's guitar? It all is, man. <laughs> Did you ever listen to the Dead? Were you ever yeah. a Deadhead? I, know, I like. The I was dead. never a Deadhead. I, was, I wouldn't say I was a Deadhead, but I did have. I do have an appreciation for the Dead. I see. I was. I was. I guess at a young age, if when you're doing the prog rock, you, if you don't sleep. That's up. like anti-dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was anti-dead, man. I get it. I was pro-life. No, that it. doesn't sound right. <clears throat> Not that. <clears throat> but but, uh, but to speak to the movie, like, you know, the choice to cast you, which I, I thought was genius. And then I imagine in the classic telling of the story, Christian is not a black man. So that was no. a choice. Yeah, but uh, he's, he's all, quite often played like an idiot. And we, uh, it's funny because is that he, true? An yeah. idiot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, wow. You're a handsome idiot. But, yeah. Um, this version uh, that Erica created, she never saw him as that. She created a very kind person, a very and I think who was kind, aware of his flaws. Yeah. And, and his and, shortcomings. And just so, uh, like the yeah. opposite. Of, yeah. Of, she of doubled. Now. She doubled the heartbreak. Yeah. But I think. What it speaks to is if you meet a really sweet, kind person, your first thing is like, yeah. I'm not sure that person's very smart. Because I think we equate kindness with Suckers. lack of intelligence. Weak. Yeah. And and like cynicism and darkness sure. with intelligence. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's the old, I think it's like a Seinfeld thing of like, if you ever want to look look uh, smart, you just just seem like frustrated yeah. or something. And then, and and then I look like a fucking genius <laughs> all the time. I fool some people. Hey, you're a genius. No, I'm not. I'm just anxious and <laughs> aggravated. <laughs> Don't misread me. About my cornflakes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, are, that got soggy. Sure, exactly. Oh, yeah. So fucking The angry. day is done. The day is done. It's fucked. So dark. Bre Breakfast uh, was a disaster. <laughs> Still holding on to it. <laughs> yeah. Two days later. But uh, that's what they did. And, yeah. And with Kelvin, Kelvin, the actor who plays Christian, he does it so be beautifully. Yeah, um, it's great. Um, yeah. It really was. I mean, I, 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 mm -hmm. I do like watching those things, and I do start to think about you know, how many of these, these kind of period piece musicals are just tragic as fuck. Yeah. But because they're musicals, you're like, it makes it so different. I the know. singing makes it different. You forgive everything. Well, it it, it, <clears throat> it actually delivers the goods of tragedy, in in a way that you can you know absorb, you know because like you know the the tragic ending in general. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it, you sort of want to avoid it because it, it that we're all headed there. Right. But when it's about love and broken hearts and unrequited love and stuff like I, I you know, I get the tension of that. But I think that when there's song and when, you know, it is elevated in that way, you can process it differently and it enables you to have feelings that you might not have been able to handle if it was just straight up sad. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you mean it, it, that doesn't mean it's softer though, right? That doesn't no, mean it's like no, easier it's just, to, more but, palatable. No, but like as I get older, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to watch it if it's going to be devastating. I don't feel like right. dealing with it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sure. And, uh, and you know, this is an emotionally devastating classical story. Yeah. And I imagine that the the original is played with some humor, right? Yeah. Where this is like, it's not played with humor, but because of the music, you actually, you you experience it in a deeper way. I, I don't yeah. think. No, there's, there's some humor to it, but the, the music does lift it out of the quagmire of the tragedy quite, quite often. And that's, and then, and then, then uh, um, I, I, you know, musicals, uh, I, I, I like some of them. Yeah, I'm and just then, sort of a sucker for, for, I don't watch a lot of them, but when I find myself doing it, yeah. I get very emotional right away just right. because people are singing. Right. I, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I don't know why. And like Stephen Zahnheim. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. I mean, then, um, not the Tim Burton version, but when Sweeney Todd came along, that just sort of, yeah. that was like a true West moment. And for me with musicals, oh, yeah? because it was not your average musical sure. uh, narrative. Yeah, yeah. This is a musical about a guy who slits people's throats yes. out of revenge and makes meat pies out of them. Mm. I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. so in. And it's brilliantly done with music that gives you goosebumps. Yeah. Um, the writer, Emerald Fennel just did a version of Cinderella with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Wrote mm. the, and they redid the whole thing. Made made Prince Charming gay. The whole nine years. Oh, maybe she should be the one to take on Snow White. It's great. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> she's, she's, she's forward. Gonna deal with this fucking. She's forward thinking, man. Yeah. No, we're working on a Rumpelstiltskin right now. Really? Yeah, that's gonna hopefully change the wheel a little bit. Blow some minds. I hope so. Rumpelstiltskin's back, dude. <laughs> <laughs> great talking but, to you. But nobody knows that story, so we can do anything. Uh, yeah. Why Is that it? We're done. Yeah, unless you got a closing thoughts. Sorry. I'm just sad that uh, that I don't have. A, I usually give people a mug, and I'm out of them, and I'm gonna have to get you a mug at a different time. That's my my big uh, sadness. I don't know. You, uh, now it's mine. <laughs> no, like a, an actual WTF mug. Oh. You can get a Paris mug <laughs> in New York, but I appreciate you licking it like that would somehow like. Oh no, Dinklage licked the cup. You got to take it home. All right, buddy. <laughs> Just a little bit of have fun. COVID. And how long are you gonna be in? Uh, I don't know. L.A. It's all it's all a jet lag. You here for a little while? Just a week. Okay. Well, have fun out there. Thank you, uh, thank you, everybody out there. There you go. Podcast land. That's it, Peter Dinklage. Cyrano will get a wide release in theaters beginning February 25th. Peter is nominated for the Critics' Choice Award for Best Actor. It was very exciting and fun to talk to him. Uh, I hope I can do my shows this week. You will know if I can't. I just, look, I feel all right. I feel like I could, but, you know, I can't go out there in the world without a negative test. So if you don't hear from me, all systems go. Or somebody. You know. You know how it is, but you know what's up. I don't even know how many of you are listening now. I'm going to try some finger picking, distorted finger picking on my electric guitar. It's very hard for me to stay focused, generally. 
It's not a COVID thing. Monkey and LaFonda, cat angels everywhere. It's close. I'm working on my finger picking. Very simple. 